Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. This is Wall Builders, where we're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ray Green, America's Constitution coach and a former Texas legislator. Honored to serve here alongside David and Tim Barden. Tim's a national speaker and pastor and president of Wall Builders. David is America's premier historian and our founder at Wall Builders. And we just had a great weekend, as I mentioned on yesterday's program, with a lot of legislators from across the country. Uh, man, it was amazing. Largest one we've ever had. State reps and senators uh, from, I think we had 34, 35 states there. Uh, folks that are just, you know, they're they're in the fight, man. They're on the front lines, most of them dealing with a legislature that is not a majority conservative Christians. Let's put it that way. Certainly not constitutional Christians. And, and, uh, and man, they, they, they came together. They sharpened each other's countenance. They encouraged each other. Had a lot of great speakers. And they're going back home to get back in the fight. And uh, many of them were sharing some, some big victories as well. But also just talking about bills that, that they can go back home and do, everything from getting the Ten Commandments uh, back into schools to, to getting uh, transactional currency like we talked about yesterday, transactional gold like we talked about yesterday with Kevin Freeman, uh, to a lot of other great things. So it's, it's just really encouraging to see these legislators fighting the good fight and, uh, and being, uh, you know, being able to lock shields with each other like that. So that's called the Pro-Family Legislators Conference. And we do it every year. Uh, I encourage you, if you know your legislator, make sure they know about it so that next year they can come. I can tell you as a former rep, it's, um, it's, it's important. It's important to have like-minded folks that you can come together with. It's, it's the same reason our Constitution classes have become such a, uh, such a big hit all across the nation. It's, it's the same thing, citizens coming together. It's like coals heating up when you come together. And then you go back out and you get in the fight. And sometimes, you know, you, you cool off and you need to come back together and, and get encouraged and and uh, and get new ideas and so just like citizens come together for those constitution classes and then go out and do their job as citizens in all the different areas of, of the culture these legislators come together and have a chance to do that so I, I cannot wait to bring you some of the talks from the legislators conference hoping to have some of those for you either later this week or or next week but we'll get those to you as soon as we can today i'm going to bring you another um, another one of our our fantastic interviews in the tavern that's the show we do over on warrior poet society network and also on patriot U. Um, just like yesterday, we gave you part of the interview with Kevin Freeman when he was in the tavern with me, and that one's not even going to air on the tavern until next week. Uh, so you got a sneak peek here as a Wall Builders listener, and today we're going to do the same thing. This one's going to air tonight. It's with Michelle Bachman, former congresswoman from uh, Minnesota, presidential candidate, just an amazing lady. She actually is the dean of the government school now at Regent University, and just doing a great job of raising up that next generation, preparing them uh, to do exactly what these legislators uh, that, that, that we had together last weekend are doing and uh, in different areas. So anyway, I'm, I'm really looking forward to sharing this with you from Michelle. Obviously not the whole interview. Once again, going to give you a tease of uh, what we uh, what we talked about there in the tavern with her. But this topic is critical. The uh, World Health Organization is, is absolutely um, becoming a, an international nightmare. And the Biden administration wants to hand over our sovereignty to the World Health Organization. And so this is this is very, very dangerous, very, very bad for our constitutional republic and for not only our sovereignty as a nation, but your sovereignty as an individual on making your own health care decisions. So Michelle has uh, has been over there. She's been watching this thing and she's been reporting on it. And we're going to uh, get her input when we come back from the break. We'll be sharing with you the uh, chance I had to visit with her in the tavern. So stay with us. We'll be right back on Wobblers. 
guys, we want to let you know about a new resource we have at Wall Builders called The American Story. For so many years, people have asked us to do a history book to help tell more of the story that's just not known or not told today. And we would say very providentially in the midst of all of the new attacks coming out against America, whether it be from things like the 1619 Project that say America is evil and everything in America was built off slavery, which is certainly not true, or things like even the Black Lives Matter movement, the organization itself, not, not the statement Black Lives Matter, but the organization that says we're against everything that America was built on and this is part of the Marxist ideology. There's so many things attacking America. Well, is America worth defending? Well, what is a true story of America? We actually have written and told that story, starting with Christopher Columbus, going roughly through Abraham Lincoln. We tell the story of America, not as the story of a perfect nation or a perfect people, but the story of how God used these imperfect people and did great things through this nation. It's a story you want to check out. Wallbuilders.com, The American Story. Welcome back to the Tavern. Thanks for staying with us. We are gathered in the revolutionary period opportunity to discuss the hot issues of the day and sharpen each other's countenance with my good friend, Michelle Bogman. Of course, she was a member of Congress for years. And my favorite memory of you, Michelle, from Congress was we were doing a tour one night and we were in the old Senate chamber and you were like, let's pray. And I mean, you dropped your knees, hands in the air, and we prayed for our nation with all those people from across. It was great. Also, presidential candidate, did a phenomenal job running for president, and now at the Robertson School of Government at Regents, uh, dean there, and training up that next generation to be involved. Welcome to the Tavern. So glad to have you, Michelle. Thank you. I feel right at home. Well, I'll talk to you as my Regent University cup. (laughs) I love it. High academics and high biblical worldview. What's not to love? Oh, and and literally, I mean, equipping the next generation to lead effectively. So you're you're training them in leadership skills. You're training them in the right worldview, teaching actual history instead of this made up Marxist nonsense that's being taught on most college campuses. I and, and of course you are there. You know this, but I mean, I get asked from kids all the time where to go to school, yeah. and I'm down to about ten schools that are that I recommend. Of course, Regents at the top of the list. You guys do a phenomenal job, and I just sent a kid there to. A bunch of our Patriot Academy grads are now going to the law school, the government school. Our Regent alumni were involved in arguing and winning the Dobbs decision. I mean, this is how involved we've been. And we've the university is about 46 years old. I was in the charter class of the law school, and it was I wouldn't have I wouldn't have taken a free ride to Harvard over what I learned here because what I learned here changed my life, and it helped me to. Um, to have God use me in the ways that he did to help change things along the way because I had that biblical worldview basis, but also high academics. So when I got out, you know, I I was equipped and ready to act accordingly. That's what we try to do. And now at the Robertson School of Government, we're trying to train up the leaders to take their places in government to go into the military academies because we have undergrad, five masters, and a Ph.D., degree with four different concentrations. And my goal, Rick, is to get 100 PhDs graduated and into the world so that they could be credentialed and take their positions of authority in the society. And we're doing that. We have our first cohort that started. We've got 14 students as a down payment. We were told we'd be lucky if we got two or three students. We, we And we could pick. We had like over 87 students apply. So we pick the best and the brightest, and we're going through, and we are, we're here to counter the 1619 Project. We are here oh. to teach 
America's true godly heritage. That's our focus. That's our foundation. I love it. I love it. I, I didn't know. So you were in the inaugural class for the law school. I, was. I didn't realize that. Yes. Yes. And I, I, I graduated from law school and then I went up to William and Mary Law School in, in Williamsburg, Virginia, and I got a postdoctorate degree in federal tax law. So I practiced in the United States federal tax court doing civil and criminal tax litigation, federal tax litigation. And I wanted to understand the IRS from the inside out. And today we're seeing the abuses, the usurpations of power from our government. Well, I think the thing that is most shocking to me, Rick, is the fact that our government now is engaging in complete and utter lawlessness. They don't care if they have a basis anymore from which they act. They just do what they want to do. It is outcome-based administering from the executive level and and also from the Supreme Court and from uh, the legislative. So it it really served me well to understand the biblical basis for law, to be able to go and try and reinforce what our founding documents put in place. We had fabulous, the best documents, but the documents are worthless if people don't have the inner character to carry them out. Amen. Amen. Well, and and we're going to get into some of that uh, long train of abuses and usurpations. One more uh, just interesting thing, though. How how cool is it to be there after having been in the inaugural class in the law school? Because I know the government school and the law school work together, and y'all even have some joint joint degree programs you can do. But then now to be dean of the government school there when you were in the inaugural class for the law school, that's got to be kind of kind of neat. Well, it's nothing I ever planned. I, I I never lived my life in higher education. As far as my career went, it was really always, it was in law, but then it was primarily in government. I served in state yeah. government and I served I served in federal government, but then also I was at the UN for a while as part of a ministry. And so it is a huge blessing to be able to go full circle and come back because now it's about the next generation and it's about making yeah. sure they're equipped because as our society is spinning out of control, we're trying to do something very different here. And that's to not give up. A lot of people want to give up because they can't believe how bad the society's gone. We are not. We're not cursing the darkness. We're going to light a candle. And so that's what we're trying to do by pouring into this next generation. And we're seeing fabulous results. I love it. Well, in fact, you mentioned the UN, so let's get international for a second. Actually, one more. I got to tell one more Michelle story. Um, so when after the 2020 election and you had the two Senate seats up in, in Georgia, we did a Georgia barnstorming right. tour with David Barton and you and, and, and others. And folks, Michelle, I can't remember what it was, a broken foot or broken oh, something. It was, it, she it, still came. It was. It was, was my it? foot. And you guys were yeah. so kind to me because I was in a wheelchair. No, you were so tough. I was in a wheelchair. You were so you came and and went all over Georgia with us with a broken foot. I couldn't believe. Anyway, you're a trooper. I love you. God bless you. Okay, let's let's get into it. Um, listen, right here in the Declaration of Independence to lead us into this topic because this whole thing about you know the the whole COVID response that the government did was just ridiculous. They got way outside of their boundaries on this stuff, and now they want to hand over authority to make those same kind of decisions to the World Health Organization. And you've been on top of this from day one. You saw it coming. You went over and watched their discussions, the things they're doing. But I want to set us up for this discussion by reading out of the Declaration of Independence, number thirteen. You know, here in the tavern, we we go through the principles and 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 we hold these truths and all that good stuff. But we also talk about the reasons that they declared independence. And so many of them are happening now. Yes, this one is perfect for what you're on top of on this one. Uh, this was number thirteen that Jefferson listed. 
he has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our Constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation. I love Jefferson. Pretended legislation. That's a perfect phrase. But that's what, to me, the World Health Organization is and the idea that we, we would let them decide, this foreign entity that's foreign to our Constitution, that they would get to decide when, when a pandemic exists, what we have to do, whether you wear a face diaper or get a jab, whether you stay home even though you're health, all that nonsense. We're going to hand that over to a foreign institution? Okay, that's my setup for you. Uh, you you noticed right off the bat what they were doing, and you got on a plane and went over uh, at the conference and watched firsthand. In fact, I interviewed you live on radio while you were over there. How real is this? I would have thought five years ago this was tinfoil hat, crazy conspiracy theory stuff. We would never hand this over to the WHO, but you've watched it happening. Oh, it's real. You know, the, the thing is, and they're not shy about it anymore. What I tell people is these people, these globalist people, who actually want global government. You know, if you and I would have had this conversation three years ago, people would say that we're crazy and that we're wearing tinfoil hats. These people aren't shy about it anymore. They're writing it in all of their proposed documents at the United Nations, specifically at the healthcare arm of the United Nations, which is the World Health Organization. And the thing that shocked me more than anything, I think you and I talked about it when we had the interview from Switzerland, in May of 2023, and it was this. There's nobody there. There's nobody there from the conservative side of the aisle watching what was going on. There had been, I tried to alert as many people as I could and warn as many people as I could, but there wasn't one member of Congress. There wasn't one member of the Senate. There wasn't anyone from the federal bureaucracy that I recognized who was there. I didn't even see U.S. press covering this event. There's nobody there. So I'm extremely grateful that I was there so that I could verify with my own eyes that this is, in fact, what's happening. And, uh, and, and when we say there, Michelle, just remind us, who who was there? Like, I, I mean, you have representatives there from virtually every country. I don't know. I mean, was it a large representation? And huge. who represented huge. us? It was huge. It was Geneva, Switzerland. And Geneva, Switzerland, effectively, is global headquarters. It's the center for the World Health Organization, for the United Nations, for the International Red Cross. The World Economic Forum meets in Davos, Switzerland, the east side of Switzerland, but their headquarters are on the west side of Switzerland in Geneva. So as a matter of fact, I stood up on, I think it was on the second floor, and I'm looking, and and the uh, World Health Organization, UN, meeting was held on the north side of Lake Geneva, and I'm looking straight over at the headquarters of the World Economic Mm -hmm. Forum. So all, and the International Monetary Fund, all of these um, organs that want to have global government, they're all together. And one of the most beautiful places on earth, Geneva, Switzerland, but they're all gathered there. And here's the interesting thing about the location, Rick. I didn't realize this until I went over there. Do you know that uh, Geneva, Switzerland, which was known for the Reformation, from Calvin and Zwingli was another Swiss uh, reformer. Tremendous history of reform, of bringing the Bible to the common man and the purity of the word of God, a tremendous history. But it's also interesting, Geneva is where Julius Caesar um, took his Roman legion and the Roman legion ended at the Swiss Alps. 
but he figured out a way. He wanted to make a name for himself. So he took the Roman legion over the Italian Alps into Switzerland. They had a skirmish. And at Geneva, Switzerland, that's where Julius Caesar established his base camp. And then from there, he took over all of Europe. Why do I say this? Because that's where they expanded the Roman Empire through all of Northern Europe. And why is this important? When we read about prophecy in Scripture, and when we read about end times, one thing that we hear is that there will be a revived Roman Empire. And when I was in Geneva, I saw this mosaic on the wall downtown in this ancient, ancient part of Geneva, not far from the Reformation wall. There was a mosaic in the wall, and it had Julius Caesar rising on his, riding on his horse. And in a snap, as I'm looking at that, thinking about the Reformation and what the gospel did to transform the world from Geneva, but also in the Reformation wall, Rick, there's a, a huge relief of the Mayflower Compact. The only nation mentioned in Geneva, Switzerland, on the Reformation wall is America. And it's the Mayflower Compact because of the Geneva Bible and because of bringing the translation of the Bible into common man understanding. Mankind was reformed because of understanding the word. And it was the power of the word that brought the early settlers, whether it was the Jamestown settlement in 1607, whether it was the pilgrims in 1620, it was the Geneva Bible and the common understanding of the word, faith that impelled believers to go across the nation. So this was the site of both the Reformation that empowered the light of the gospel to come to us, but it's also the site of the Roman Empire with Julius Caesar. And I looked at that on the wall, thinking about what I was there for, this World Health Organization that seeks to establish a platform for the first time in history for global government that would actually work. And I thought to myself, this this may be the revived Roman Empire Mm -hmm. because all of these global offices are centered here in Geneva, Switzerland. So people might be asking us at this stage in our conversation, Michelle, what are you and Rick talking about? What What is this about global governance and taking over? Let me tell you just very quickly, There's there was initially a proposal by the Biden administration to change the rules that govern the World Health Organization. The World Health Assembly meets once a year in Geneva, Switzerland, the end of May, And they just tinker with their governance rules. Who cares? I mean, why would that matter? Well, this matters profoundly. And it's based upon what you just read from Thomas Jefferson. Because the Biden administration proposed that all 193 member nations of the World Health Organization, basically there's 193 nations in the UN, um, he proposed that all of those 193 nations voluntarily give up their national sovereignty on health care decision-making to the United Nations through the World Health Organization. So when we so, have- so rather than them being a almost like a recommendation agency, do research, whatever, yeah. and then maybe, you know, p- put that put those recommendations Which is out. what they are now. People, right. They would be given the actual power to say, no, you're going to do this. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Decision-making authority. That's why it is national sovereignty. And what I, what I saw was shocking this year in, in May of 23, because what they were proposing is that health isn't just 
you know, a sore, your arm needing to be reset after a break. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about climate change is the biggest oh, driver in healthcare, uh, poverty, abortion, racism. In other words, anything qualifies for the, yeah. the World Health Organization issuing pronouncements. Because remember what happened for three years during COVID to you, to me, to all of your viewers right now, Rick. We all had our constitutional liberties suspended for three years. They were suspended to the point of denying us the right to be able to worship in our churches or our businesses that we own had to be closed down. We were forced to hold a job, to have a poison put into your arm or to not be able to breathe by wearing these masks when you went on planes. So we all know what happened during that period of time. And, and that was and that was state and federal yeah. authority that again was outside of what their constitutional authority was. Imagine if you handed that decision making over to an international authority that has no accountability yeah, because, to us. Because then the, to whom do the people repair? We wouldn't yeah. be able to appeal to our Congress, to the govern to the governor of our state. We couldn't appeal to the president. We couldn't appeal right. to the Supreme Court. Because the, the the power would be transferred to the international body. And that's the whole point. Because right. it's meant to create a global governance platform. And you can take to the bank that within 10 minutes of getting that power, they'll use it. And that power is intended to be used to surveil all of us. So what you see in China today with a social contract trying to, um, that surveils all of the Chinese citizens... That's effectively what would happen here in the United States. And we we would be subject to whatever pronouncement. The Constitution would no longer protect us. In fact, the Constitution would effectively be broken and would be suspended yeah. because the WHO would have the power to decide if businesses close, if we stay home, whatever they want to decide, they could decide. So we were beta tested by our own government for the three years under the lockdown of covid but now this is far worse than anything yeah. we could have imagined. And it's in documents. There were 307 proposed amendments to the international health rules that were introduced, as well as a global pandemic treaty. And so what they're intending to do, Rick, is to synthesize both of these documents into one. And this is the way that it works. It won't necessarily be a vote in May of 2024 when they return it will be if the nations object. So if nations don't object to this going forward, automatically we lose our sovereignty. I'm here to say this is an unconstitutional usurpation of all of our constitutional liberties because quite frankly, President Biden is without power to give away, he has no authority, no jurisdiction authority to give away our constitutional rights. Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Baceres was also in Geneva when I was there. And he was he was tweeting out how excited he was about this. He's all on board. Those were the two top Americans. Oh, and then, of course, John Kerry, the climate czar, flew in and flew in via Zoom. But he was the big keynote speaker saying that, gee, I didn't realize this before. But my daughter, who is a medical doctor, told me that the number one issue in healthcare today is climate change. And so we're all supposed to listen to his 46-year-old daughter change our lives and hand over all of our national sovereignty to the UN. This is real. 
it's happening now. It's under the radar because the mainstream media isn't covering this. Virtually no one knows about this. There are some people in Congress who do know about it. Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona has a bill to pull the U.S. out. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin is familiar with this issue. But we need all of the people that are listening to your show if this is something that you're that you're concerned about, and why wouldn't you be? This is creating yeah. a platform for global government and it, virtually the destruction of the United States system of government. This is when we have to be um, patriots and we have to contact yeah. our uh, federal officers, our governors, anybody that yeah. we know, and tell them this is it. I do not consent. I do not consent to giving away America's national sovereignty to the United Nations. And in fact, I want to send people to SovereigntyCoalition.org, our mutual friend Frank Gaffney and the good work they're doing there. I know he talked to you quite a bit while while you were there. SovereigntyCoalition.org, you can stay up up on this subject. I was just looking up, Michelle, so, so you mentioned we use the word treaty. They call them accords so that they can get around the oh, Senate responsibility. It's yeah, it's, it's yeah. like Jefferson said, pretend legislation. This, this, yeah. this is a total pretend, a total fake out because, you know, they're trying to get in people's minds the Abraham Accords. So they're using they're using that word to say, oh, this is just 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 an agreement that we came up with. No, it isn't. This is a treaty. Our folks out of time for today. And of course, as I said, it's just a tease. You just get part of the interview, part of the time that I had with Michelle Bachman in the in the tavern, you got to get the rest over at PatriotAcademy.tv. PatriotAcademy.tv. That's where you'll find Patriot U. I know I'm usually telling you to go to PatriotAcademy.com, which you can, and that, and then you can from there get to get to Patriot U. But if you want to go straight there, it's PatriotAcademy.tv, and you can see the full interview with Michelle as well as my commentary on that part of the declaration and how we can restore these principles. That's the thing is this this program is not designed so that you get upset and. And, and, and depressed about what's going on. It's so that you get informed, you get fired up, and then you go out there and do something about it. And, of course, that's one reason to keep listening to Wall Builders. We're going to constantly give you those action items and ways that you can be a part of the solution. We sure appreciate you listening today. You've been listening to Wall Builders. We stand undivided.